Good morning, St. Peter's. Um, would you pray with me as our little one has already answered? God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, draw near right now. Amen. In preparing for today's sermon, any sermon really, I spend time marinating in the scripture, writing it, reading it, turning it upside down and around to find the heart of the message. This, as you can imagine, takes time and can be a bit frustrating. All my thinking and praying and waiting after a while feels unfruitful until suddenly something clicks. Something I'll read or hear, something someone will say or said, something I remember will illumine the scriptures for me. And when that happens, it's like God walks right up into my life and experience with a word that is suddenly for me alive. This week, revelation came from a memory instilled in me when my family and I were members of a prosperity preaching church in New York City. And the other from a discussion between a United States Senator and a famous comedian. However confusing your ideas about prosperity preaching may be, hear me out, there's wisdom to be found in many of their teachings, particularly for the poor, and it all began with stewardship. We were taught that stewardship began with our relationship with God. It extended from there to others. Love was shown in the intentional tethering of our well-being one to the other. We learned to give because we loved God. Stewardship was how we lived. We were part of a system generated by our love for God and each other and were excited to do our individual parts in the dream of a world we were actively creating. So when it was time to give, you couldn't have been in a more joyful place. We wanted to be part of this system and saw ourselves as distribution centers of God's grace and love in the world. We can say a million things about megachurches, label their many perceived flaws, but what I learned there about stewardship has stayed with me. With wisdom, our pastor made the crucial distinction to rightly align our motivations. He'd say it over and over again. We don't give to get. We give because we love God. We do not give to get. We give because we love God. Our giving begins with our love for God and is sourced from a well already full with gifts we already have. We steward that gift, all that we have by serving others. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. This statement helped early Christians know how to live so that their lives, both individually and collectively, would glorify, be in alignment with God and what God wants for the world. So stewardship is more than simply contributing money to the church. 
It's about caring for each other in our communities and beyond with a strength already supplied by God. The remembrance of stewardship as a communal effort was sparked again when I listened to a conversation between the senator and that well-known comedian I mentioned earlier. In it, they posited the dismantling of racism as a patriotic act. But within their discourse, that dialogue, I heard the senator break down stewardship, stewardship well done, I might add, as the collective goal of caring one for the other. I heard him tease out, without mentioning any scriptures, a biblical theme and define neighbor basically as anyone who might need my help. I drew my own through line to the story of the Good Samaritan and listened to the senator speak, filtering today's scriptures, the scripture readings, and all he offered through my right now life. I heard him as the midterm elections came and went. I heard him as a woman of color seeking quality and affordable care options for therapy for my youngest son. I heard it as just yesterday, resolutions for reparations, creation care, and a credit union were presented at our diocesan convention. Sourcing a quote from the Declaration of Independence, which states, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. The Senator made connections to the call for love of neighbor and highlighted the word our as the centerpiece of the promise. Where, he wondered, had this dream fallen apart? These two examples, a memory of a teaching that, as I said, has stayed with me, and a clarifying definition of the word neighbor helped me frame my thoughts on stewardship this week. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Our gospel reading begins with the call to love God with our soul, strength, and mind. It's the centerpiece of the Shema, Judaism's oldest daily prayer. But Luke's reading includes in that command love for our neighbors and goes on to let us know that our neighbors are not only that those that look like us, act like us, or believe like us, it presses us to move beyond the personal to the broader sense of stewardship I'm offering today. So no judgment, no browbeating, only the invitation to a conversation about how we want to live. I implore us to lean into stewardship as a broader call, one that resonates well beyond the four walls of a church, a stewardship that includes faithful action on the behalf of others. Our neighbors are all who need us. I'll say that one more time. Our neighbors are all who need us. The poet Gwendolyn Brooks offers this useful nugget to help us understand the depth of our reliance on each other. She writes, we are each other's harvest. We are each other's business. We are each other's magnitude and bond. 
We are all responsible for nurturing each other. We are the hands and feet of Jesus, living members of communities that need help to thrive, to grow. Done well, communal global stewardship dismantles injustice, offers food to the hungry, water for the thirsty, critical medical care for the sick. It levels the playing field, makes God's dream of the kingdom real, and the kingdom being the compassionate and inclusive reign of God. All this good stuff is the byproduct of stewardship done well. So what kind of world do you dream of? I want a world that displays God's grace, a world where God's presence and activity are made plain simply because people are thriving and I can see it. I want to experience the kingdom, the commitment of life together and the flourishing of all God's children. And such harmony is not impossible. In I Dream a World, a poem by Langston Hughes, he writes of peaceful paths, a world free of greed and the mutual sharing of the earth's bounty. He writes of freedom, of a love that blesses the earth. Well, all of that begins with stewardship done well. Stewardship done well can get us there. It's not impossible. Our epistle reading centers love and concern for our neighbors as the how of survival for a believing community. And that broadly defined term is made clear by our example in our gospel reading. Both texts offer lessons for us and can be applied to our experience today. So whether it's first century or modern day believers navigating the challenges of an ever changing world, the call as we work towards survival is always love one for the other. The basis for Christian life is love of God and love for our neighbors. And we show love to our neighbors by giving generously of our time, energy, and resources, just as Peter's words command us to, just as the Samaritan did. Our time, talent, and treasure are absolutely critical to the work we do here at St. Peter's Chelsea. But today I urge us to see, to make the connection between our giving at St. Peter's and our participation in the larger scheme of what God is doing in the world. Our giving is part of the greater work and has an impact well beyond what happens on Sunday morning. Our stewardship makes a difference. It extends beyond what we give of ourselves in church. It spills over into who we are, what we do in the world, how we want to be and live. If the world of Christian faith and practice is changing, and I believe it is, the spirit is not. God is still alive. If we want to explore what is already happening, even what might be possible for our mutual survival and flourishing, we're called to walk this thing out differently to a generosity of spirit that centers service and the reciprocal nature of the gift of God's grace. We are called to steward that gift by serving others. 
And so we understand our pledging as a commitment to mutuality. Without one another, we have no plenty, no supply, no abundance. We give because we love God and that giving is sourced first from what we already have. Each of us is fully equipped to share what we've been given. When we live into this deeper call, loving and caring for our neighbors, anyone who needs our help, we make the world a better place for everybody. Because stewardship compels us to imagine the world we want and to actively participate in its making, I'll close with that reading of the entirety of Langston Hughes' poem. It's called, I Dream a World. At the reading's end, we'll respond with a moment of silence as we reflect on our stewardship, pray about our giving, dream about the world with God we hope to create. And so I'll read, I Dream a World. I dream a world where man, no other man, will scorn, where love will bless the earth and peace its paths adorn. I dream a world where all will know sweet freedom's way, where greed no longer saps the soul, nor avarice blights our day. A world I dream where black or white, whatever race you be, will share the bounties of the earth and every man is free. Where wretchedness will hang its head and joy like a pearl attends the needs of all mankind. Of such I dream my world. If you'd like, you can close your eyes for one moment of silence. And this is just that time for reflection. Take one deep breath. Float your eyes open. Amen.